Stock futures are higher this morning. The first look at economic data this week, not too alarming as durable goods perhaps slowed down a tad. Judging by the top line, as Kevin Hanks told us, though, maybe a little bit stronger underneath the surface. David Doyle joins us from Macquarie, the head of economics, to discuss the situation after a very interesting month for economic data. David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. What's your big takeaway from this month? Because it does seem like generally their data have come in warmer than expected, especially on the inflation front. And now maybe that's going to change the Fed's tone. Yeah, so I'd agree with that characterization. Both the, the growth and the inflation data appear to be bouncing in, in you know, coming in from January. Uh, we saw that in the consumer spending data on Friday. You saw that in the inflation data on Friday. Uh, and so I think what that means is that the Fed has more work to do, and you're likely to see them keep going. Uh, in our forecast, we have them going at 25 basis points at each of the next four meetings, so 100 basis points further, and that takes the hikes uh, through to July. And I think that's in response to the better-than-expected tone we've seen both on the inflation side and the growth side uh, reflecting the month of January. How do your expectations for the Fed line up with your expectations for inflation? Do we necessarily have to see inflation moving higher again uh, to bring on more hikes? Or if it just doesn't go down, does that mean we keep hiking? Yeah, I think it's the latter. Even if you stop making further progress on the disinflation side, it means the Fed's going to have to keep going. And then the other side of it is the labor market. You know, part of what the, the Fed's forecast that they submitted in December suggested is that you would get a deterioration in the labor market over the course of the year with unemployment rising to, I think it was 4.6% at the end of 2023. So when you think about both of those things, which is less, which are less disinflation on the one side, and then on the other hand, you know, maybe less of a rise in unemployment or, or better labor market than was expected um, when they when they submitted their forecast in December. Both of those things will point towards um, guidance towards more hikes uh, at the upcoming March meeting in our assessment. Do you uh, buy into the tone that Powell used at the beginning of this month or he stressed disinflation or is that going to turn out to be a, a mistake focusing on that? Well, I think his tone is likely to shift. Uh, I mean, he's data dependent, and the data from Friday was strong. Um, and it wasn't just the, the data for January. It was also that there were upward revisions to the, the fourth quarter data from 2022. So when you put those things together, it now looks like disinflation could be stalling. Um, and certainly the progress on the disinflationary side is less than what was perceived to be the case uh, previously. Um, so both of those things, you know, to me, suggest that Powell will probably walk back some of that, that tone or some of those remarks that he made in early February, and that co could come across as a hawkish statement uh, to the market. Is there a possibility that as uh, we already move from this uh, description of disinflation to maybe stable inflation, is there a possibility that a couple months from now we're talking about inflation warming up? Uh, what are the odds of that? It's one thing to maybe not disinflate as fast as we hope, what are the possibilities of a second wave? Yeah, so I mean, certainly we have to be cognizant of that. That's a scenario to be thinking about and thinking about seriously. Um, and if you saw that, if you saw inflation start to pick up and a second wave, it start to accelerate again, um, then then we're probably not talking about the 25 basis points per meeting pace that we're that we've been you know messaging um, that will occur in the first half of of 2023, you might see them, you know, start to accelerate the pace of hikes again in order to respond to that. I think they'll be very sensitive to signs that inflation, you know, could be accelerating again. 
if we go back to what they were saying last year, you know, one of the key um, one of the key messages they had is that the longer you see inflation stay elevated, the more likely it is that it leaks into people's expectations and then becomes more entrenched. Um, so I think as a result of that, if we start to see a second wave, um, they're likely to come back, uh, you know, come out very hawkish in response to that. Okay. Uh, the month-over-month uh, -month figure we just got pretty hot as uh, we we're just looking at one of the charts uh, from uh, your analysis, just looking at the month-over-month -month rate right now, kind of concerning. What about the trade-off between inflation and the way it's eating into savings and the way generally the data have deteriorated over the past uh, year? I mean, it's this really tricky needle we're trying to thread here uh, where inflation's warm and some of the data on the labor market are warm, but there's still some signs that uh, the quality of the consumer is deteriorating. How do you balance that in your analysis? Do we have to like also weigh a conversation about recession while we're discussing inflation being hot next to hot labor? Yeah, I, I think that that's right. And, and how do we incorporate that into our forecast is we actually think a recession is coming in the third quarter of 2023 is our baseline for that timing. So it's that signs that that recession is likely to occur that causes the Fed and our forecast to, to back away from, from further hikes beyond that July meeting. Um, certainly there are signs that the consumer is, is slowing in terms of the fundamentals. The savings rate is, is low and appears to have bottomed. Those excess savings that were accumulated during the pandemic have come in quite sharply and, and now in our analysis are, are quite concentrated amongst higher income individuals. We're starting to see house prices decline. That has a disproportionate effect on the median household, which should translate into softer spending numbers ahead. And then you are starting to see some signs beneath the surface that you know, credit could be um, could be deteriorating. Transitions into delinquencies um, in credit cards and auto lending, et cetera, even in mortgages has started to pick up. Um, so we think there are some warning signs there. Uh, but we honestly, I, I think that that, you know, is sort of a lesser concern to the Fed right now than is the need to sort of push down these inflation data and make sure that we start making progress again towards that 2% inflation target. What are you monitoring here as potentially the major red flags? I like this chart of the loan delinquency. We start to see this picking up a bit. Uh, what's interesting is it really picked up last time going into the recession. This time around, of course, everything was very really topsy-turvy. Our recession was actually beneficial financially as we got the support from the government. But now uh, looks like we're going the other way. Is this to an alarming level yet? Well, certainly the, the level isn't yet alarming. The level is, is effectively going back to where we were prior to COVID, but it's the rate of change that we think matters more, and the rate of change is alarming. It is concerning, um, and, and it's, I think, a consequence of the aggressive rate hike cycle that you know has been undertaken and, and we think can continue over the next six months or so. Um, so that that is something to be mindful of, and we think we are watching, and, and for what it's worth, that data that is presented in, I think, the chart that you're showing now is a little bit lag, right? So that, that's only reflecting the fourth quarter. I would suspect that because of the rate hikes we've seen since that time, you, you've probably seen even more of a substantial pickup when we get the data for, for the first quarter. Um, in terms of other things we're monitoring, I think, you know, the, the initial jobless claims and the continuing jobless claims are, are two indicators um, to be focused on in terms of trying to pinpoint when near-term recession risk starts to rise again. Um, those have come in a little bit to start 2023, and, and that's part of the reason why we think 
the economy should be okay for the first half of 2023. But still, there, there's warning signs in those data that suggest that there could be a deterioration later this year. Mm. How uh, severe, when we look at the yield curve, the thing I've been uh, trying to drive home is that um, far from the economics expert, I don't know if there is a relationship between depth of inversion in the yield curve and severity of the crisis. Maybe they're completely unrelated. Maybe it only matters if the yield curve goes negative. But we know the yield curve has always aligned with the recession eventually to some extent. So uh, should we be worried about the thing just continuing to dive? I mean, what if uh, the depth of inversion is correlated to severity. Is there any logic in that? I mean, it's just like we stopped kind of caring a little bit here that this thing keeps going negative. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, it's more about the, the message that the signal sends once it's inverted. So, you know, the, the 210 spread and the three month, 10 year spread, these are, I would say, the most reliable indicators we have of, of that a recession could be on the horizon that are out there. And both of those have crossed the thresholds where they suggest that a recession is coming. Now, the timing is ambiguous and, and you know, you, you kind of get a wide, wide range if you look at prior cycles. But we've reached those thresholds. And so to us, that suggests that people should be on business cycle watch and they should be thinking about when the timing of a recession could occur. Um, in terms of the, does the magnitude or the depth of it matters, uh, you know, we're sort of less focused on that. But what I would say is that it te- if it tends to be the case that the more inverted the yield cur- curve becomes, it suggests the more rate hikes are likely to be in the offing from the Fed. That is something to be, you know, that could suggest that the recession could be more severe if you end up with more monetary policy tightening in advance of that. Um, our outlook is that, you know, despite this aggressive tightening cycle, you're still looking at a relatively modest or moderate recession. Um, we're talking, we're thinking about something like a one and a half percent decline in real GDP growth, a, a, a rise in the unemployment rate of a couple of percentage points. Um, for, the, uh, for, the, for the older listeners or, or viewers out there, that, that puts it on par with maybe what you saw in 1990-91. Okay. like that comparison. David, looking forward to more of the conversation. Appreciate us uh, getting to know what's important to you. Looking forward to more. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Likewise, David Doyle, head of economics at Macquarie. Really good look at some of the major themes here.